welcome to Reimagine Hybrid Work, a Data for Betterment Foundation podcast. I'm your host, Maribel Lopez. I'm the founder of Lopez Research and the nonprofit, the Data for Betterment Foundation. The foundation's mission is to help individuals and companies prepare for the future of work by understanding how technology will change business and careers. If you like this episode, please visit reimaginehybridwork.com for links to follow the show on your favorite app and subscribe to our weekly newsletter for additional show content and articles. You can also find me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Maribel Lopez and my blog on lopezresearch.com. I hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez, and I'm joined here today with Matt Fairhurst. He is the CEO of the deskless productivity platform, Schedulo. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks, uh, Maribel. Great to be here, and thanks for having me. So, Matt, I recently read a VentureBeat article about you, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to interview you for the podcast. And it spoke about how Schedulo caters to what they call the estimated 80% of the global workforce, that's 2.7 billion people who don't work from a fixed location in a traditional office setup. And to date, a lot of the podcast for Reimagine Hybrid Work, we've talked about uh, distributed work, hybrid workers, productivity, and I feel it's been a lot of the knowledge worker discussion. Yeah. And there's so much more to managing a distributed workforce and just the knowledge worker. So I'm excited to talk to you about that today. And to get started, I thought maybe you could describe for the audience what a deskless productivity platform is. What does it mean? Yeah, great question and a good one to start with, I think. Uh, And, you know, I think the framing of hybrid work and uh, perhaps what we've all Uh, gone through as knowledge workers and people that traditionally would be in an office or at least behind a desk at a desktop computer or a laptop doing our work, you know, uh, we've all had to experience this motion of being able to sort of lift up where we were and go into our homes and the comfort of our home and continue working with, you know, a pretty high degree of productivity, if not even higher degrees of productivity in in some cases, which has been, you know, a a luxury for what we call desk-based workers or knowledge workers, maybe to the description that you used. Um, You know, it's remarkable, though, when you look at uh, the majority of the workforce, people that have been distributed, disconnected, and uh, uh, mobile in the way that they work for uh, an extremely long time. In fact, it's probably the oldest form of work. You know, offices and office environments and desktops are fairly new when you think about sort of productivity and work overall, uh, you know, over centuries past. uh, you know, and and these folks, uh, from from a majority standpoint, didn't have the, that luxury. They couldn't just kind of pack up their solar installations or their in-home healthcare practice or their disability support services or working for parks and recreation. Uh, you know, and and take that work into the home. This work continued in this very distributed mobile, uh, highly transactional fashion. And uh, you know, that's the category of the workforce which is approximately 80% of the total workforce globally that we've built our platform for and to support. Uh, So I think it's been an amazing sort of uh, inflection point over the last decade and certainly over the last few years, uh, all of us probably having 
more and more empathy uh, for what it means to be disconnected from others, disconnected from headquarters, and still have to maintain a high degree of productivity. So uh, the deskless worker, uh, in the simplest uh, sort of description and and form, as we describe it, is uh, folks that wouldn't sit in an office and don't sit behind a desk in order to do their work. Perfect. That makes sense. And it gets a little bit to the types of companies that you're doing work with. But as you noted, the deskless worker really is something that's been around for some time. But how have you seen that market change in the past two years? Uh, I think in the in the past two years, it's been a continuation of probably what has happened over the last seven to eight years. And uh, wonderfully for us as a company, we started our company seven years ago in Australia. Right, if you kind of remember back to that time, as mobile devices were really coming into their own in terms of capability, processing speed, the fact that everybody had one in their hands. And that was such an amazing period of time of inflection where companies and organizations that had large mobile deskless workforces, regardless of their industry or use case, uh, you know, I think realized everybody has a device in their hand. We're still managing the work that they do on spreadsheets and paper calendars and, you know, whatever uh, uh, software that they could piece together. And they're sort of operating in a mobile environment using paper and clipboards and all of these kind of antiquated methods. Uh, surely there's got to be a way now that we have this medium to, uh, you know, really address some of the challenges that they face. And I think over the last two years in particular, we've seen more and more advancements in uh, our ability to use cloud uh, uh, infrastructure and technology to drive very intelligent processes around uh, AI, machine learning, intelligence to really support that workforce. But probably uh, most importantly over the last two years, I think the folks that are helping to support, manage, organize these groups of people and this form of work uh, have an even, even deeper empathy and uh, perspective on the challenges that face people at work when you are disconnected, when you are distributed, and when you're trying to get work done in what can be a fairly isolating environment uh, and how to you know, drive even better models of communication, productivity, technology, so that that uh, uh, a group of workforce within an organization can succeed as much as people that sit at a desk and have had wonderful uh, technologies and platforms built for them over the, you know, the last 30 years. I absolutely agree with that. We actually spent a lot of time, frankly, over the past decade, talking about mobile enabling the workforce. There's been a lot of time in mobility. And I remember we were doing day in the life studies and trying to figure out how we're going to take extremely complex applications sometimes and put them on a small form factor and Perhaps people just gave up at some point and some of the digital transformation that we had been expecting didn't actually happen. And in the past two years, all of us were forced to do that digital transformation lift. So now I'm not talking to organizations about digital transformation anymore. We're talking about digital acceleration. So I think that's a good shift in the market. Uh, but sadly, one of the other shifts we've seen in the market is that labor seems to be increasingly difficult to find and retain. And I'm wondering, from your perspective, how can technology help organizations deal with some of today's complex labor issues? Yeah, I think uh, there are a number of ways. Um, I think we're seeing emerging business models and uh, methods to scale and grow um, uh, in ways that I think historically 
you know, haven't been done before, things like gig economy and on-demand models and a, a much more fluid structure of how work is um, distributed, uh, accepted, and ultimately accomplished and, and uh, delivered by an individual. Uh, you know, I think those business models are innovative and creative. And whilst they have you know, their own set of challenges um, to, to tackle and face over time, I think many of the, the principles that drive those kind of new and emerging business models can be applied even internally within an organization. So how do you use these mechanics of uh, a more fluid, perhaps more autonomous environment for um, accomplishing as much as possible um, uh, and, and providing a degree of flexibility and choice to the workforce for handling exceptions or, you know, some overage of work that needs to be accomplished and distributing that work evenly or, you know, whatever the mechanic is. I think those models are really interesting and uh, give uh, uh, organizations and, and, and companies a, a, an ability to think differently and technology certainly enabled that. I, I think maybe uh, even more importantly, and perhaps what we're seeing across our customer base and, and the companies and CEOs that I speak to, uh, certainly is this question of how do we use technology to amplify uh, and reinforce and uh, improve our overall employee journey and our employee experience? You know, how can technology become um, a recruiting tool? How can it become a retention tool? Uh, how can we build and implement great technology that when an employee may compare a very competitive labor market, uh, becomes a competitive advantage for them to uh, build and retain an amazing workforce that's very highly engaged and well enabled. You know, when we look at most of our uh, customers, they're working in you know critical uh, industries and critical use cases where they've been trained and specialized to deliver a particular set of services, whether that's you know highly technical as they're installing or fixing machinery or, or you know uh, some of those field service use cases, or you know in, in healthcare helping the elderly or uh, at-home individuals receive uh, great health care, the last thing that these people want to do is spend, you know, 20% of their time in their day or 25% of their time filling out uh, data and rekeying information or updating their company in these kind of very disconnected uh, uh, ways. You know, I think we, our job as technologists sometimes when we think about these problems is more to like, how do we get out of the way? How do we uh, help them focus on this great work that they've been trained to do and they're very passionate about and reduce that administrative overhead whilst deep, you know, deeply trying to engage and connect them with the organization they're working for. And I think these are probably just some of the ways that organizations today can use technology to maybe combat what is becoming across the board uh, some challenging workforce and labor demand environments. We're actually seeing similar trends in terms of organizations really starting to focus on employee experience, employee engagement, um, and understanding of what the process and the workflow should be. And I know that's something that in in your products you've started to dig into. You know, how do we create better processes so that we can abstract some of those issues? And I guess to that point, I'm wondering. When you think of it, what's the role of AI in the platform and what type of AI automations might be successful today? I think, um, you know, I think it is highly applicable. Many of the challenges that we help companies solve um, address the, uh, the fundamental planning and organization of work at scale. Um, so most of our customers have hundreds, thousands, and often tens of thousands of people 
um, that they're trying to coordinate work uh, for and, and uh, you know, planning and scheduling all of that work can be extremely complex and very difficult, very time-consuming if it's done manually. And I, there's a lot of application for uh, uh, machine learning uh, in, and intelligent services, algorithms, and AI to amplify and enhance and, and dramatically speed up the process of uh, you know, organizing and distributing work and allocating it to people based on you know, lots of different attributes um, that can be highly qualitative, like uh, you know, their history with a patient or a customer, for example, uh, perhaps their, their knowledge about certain aspects of the work that needs to be done, uh, as well as you know, very simple things like uh, certifications or attributes or the distance they would have to travel or the cost involved in uh, delivering that kind of work. A lot of this is you know, uh, solvable using artificial intelligence. And we have a part of our platform that we call Mastermind that really addresses kind of this intelligence layer across the board. I think specifically, you know, outside of probably those obvious uh, applications, we've also um, applied machine learning and AI to those algorithms that look at how the algorithms and, and this uh, engine in, in and of itself is solving these problems. What can we learn about the patterns of how an individual company uh, distributes work, allocates work, how these rules and attributes and uh, constraints are applied to solving that problem and improve the engine itself over time, making it even faster and more efficient. On the deskless worker side, there's a lot that we can provide and amplify more in like micro moment optimization. What can we detect and learn about uh, their efficiency or their preferences um, maybe some things that they perhaps forget to do sometimes in, in, from in a, in a process flow and uh, as they're kind of busy going about their work, could we remind them and be proactive in kind of uh, uh, prompting them to uh, 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 complete a particular process or, um, you know, uh, update uh, some data and make sure that that gets back to the company they're working for. You know, these kind of helpful prompts is all part of that strategy of kind of getting out of their way a little bit and driving productivity based on their actual behavior, not on kind of some top-down managed model, but kind of learning how they work and, and their preferences over time. So there's so many interesting paradigms, I think, around how we can help and how artificial intelligence, machine learning, and our algorithms can amplify work. I think it's important, though, that as we go through that process and as we provide these technologies, that we're mindful of you know, how um, work uh, can, how these technologies maybe can improve the level of equity or the level of fairness uh, in the distribution of work, maybe take some of the human subjectivity away, uh, but not in a way that is uh, bias or uh, maybe deteriorates a working environment. And these are really complex challenges that I know uh, Lots of people that are working in AI and uh, lots of companies that have touched on machine learning over time as it relates to work have to consider, are considering. It's a really important aspect of you know, our responsibility as a technology company as we think about you know, what this means. You had a couple of really interesting points in there, and I used to refer to something called right time experiences, so right information, right person, right time. And that requires a lot of your systems to be contextual to take in different contexts, such as uh, the drive time, the current location, all these things. Uh, adaptive and predictive really gets was another characteristic of that. And that gets to what you were talking about and behavior. And one of the things I love about where we've gone with artificial intelligence is that ability to figure out 
what's next and help guide people through what they should be doing next. And we've seen a lot of organizations start to look at this in terms of improving not just productivity, but consistency of how you can get a job done uh, by being able to guide people through certain things that might be challenging by discovering challenging areas in their processes so that they can go back and fix them. So I think that this AI applied in a real world can really be quite powerful if we take that data and insight and use it to streamline and improve processes. So uh, I think that's that's a great thing to look at. Now, one of the things, it does strike me though, that I believe you're in a competitive market. So when we think about this, we've had scheduling and workforce management apps in the past and today. And I know a lot of collaboration suites are also looking at advanced services Yet, when I was doing research on you, I saw that you received $75 million in funding, and that led me to the question of why now? Is it a matter that companies are being more interested in this technology now? Uh, is it that the technology is better, or has something else changed that's made this a hot space to be in again? Well, I, I think, uh, um, you know, you're right in that it is... Uh, uh, maybe not so competitive, but but perhaps a highly fragmented, highly populated space. When you think about such a large workforce, there are there are many companies, um, you know, tackling different types of problems relative to the deskless worker for sure. Um, I think part of what we're seeing from a an investment perspective and market perspective is probably, you know, uh, I, I mentioned earlier that kind of seven to eight year period of having the medium now to actually create wonderful. Uh, platforms, wonderful applications to support deskless workers. Relatively speaking, when you look at uh, perhaps even venture capital investment or investment overall, that's a fairly small window of time. Uh, and you know, I think if you look at um, the cross section of companies and investment, uh, you know, it's roughly only five percent of the overall investment that's been uh, invested over time in desktop software and uh, software to help and platforms to help desk-based workers. So. Uh, you know, I think we're really just scratching the surface and getting started as to what's available and what's possible uh, for deskless workers. I think you, you raised an interesting point just now about how um, empowering uh, the data can be and the context can be when you think about a, the productivity of, of a deskless individual at work. Um, and I would say that the sector is is highly fragmented, you know, like any emerging medium like a mobile device uh you know there there are a lot of applications that do maybe just one thing uh and one thing well in someone's day perhaps um but doesn't have the broader context of uh how they started their day uh, how they traveled to get there what they have to do next what they do whilst they're there and so uh, I think there is a lot of fragmentation. There's also a lot of consolidation happening with some of the larger, uh, perhaps enterprise uh, cloud technologies uh, 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 that are available. Um, part of our thesis is to build a platform that truly can become uh, the operating system for a deskless worker. So from the moment that they wake up and they start thinking about their day to the time that they come home and uh, finish their day, how do we provide an environment to... Uh, engage with that worker, engage with the work that they do, and uh, I guess have a far more holistic view of everything that they do in their day. Uh, and that allows us to actually think about the context and the data that can amplify 
uh, some of the productivity yield that you spoke about, but the engagement yield that we care um, deeply about as well. And I think that's only possible when you think about this problem, perhaps at a, uh, a much deeper platform level and sort of operating system level for one of a different term. Um, so whilst there are many uh, wonderful companies that are helping deskless workers, I think Scheduler is somewhat unique in our approach to uh, you know, uh, platform and approach and the way that we're approaching that platform. And that's certainly uh, over time become increasingly attractive to uh, the investors that have uh, supported us over time. And I think uh, will represent maybe the next chapter of Desus productivity uh, in the same way that happened uh, for you know, many other parts of kind of fun or fundamental areas of a business like customer relationship management, finance, uh, HR and HCM technologies, ERP, uh, I think deskless productivity and and sort of getting work done is uh, just another one of those paradigms that we're really proud to be building for. I think now is definitely the time for the deskless worker. I think in the past two years, we've all become more sensitive to how we really need those processes to work better. We need individuals to feel that uh, they can go to work, they can get their work done. To your point, they're not spending a lot of time after trying to log things and it just gets to be a slog at some point. So I'm happy to see that we're investing in this space, the deskless space. And to that point, I was wondering, given that you're talking to a lot of different types of customers because the deskless market is huge, are there any best practices from customers that you'd like to share? You don't have to share any names, but just best practices and thinking about creating better deskless work. Yeah, I'd say there's um, a few that are worth calling out. One is that um, for, for many of the organizations that we work with, uh, and this is across almost every industry that we uh, have touched as well, um, yeah, I think that the the step change from sort of going from spreadsheets or pretty antiquated technologies into what, you know, using a platform and these new cloud technologies like Scheduler and great mobile apps means is in itself a pretty significant step change. And one thing I'd say uh, I always advise our uh, customers and people thinking about these changes to go through is to, you know, start um, uh, practically and pragmatically and iterate over time. Um, this is a really significant change. The management of that change internally needs to be considerate and thoughtful. And biting off too much, I think, can sometimes get in the way of success. Uh, you know, I often hear people, uh, I guess, think about, you know, what it would look like to have a robot or a, uh, or AI or a machine, you know, uh, make a lot of the human decisions that are being made today uh, you know, as it relates to the organization and management planning of work. And, you know, I think that that's good to plan for and think about where parts of that process can be optimized. But I, my encouragement is to start uh Simply and practically, let's just adopt new technology and new ways of working um, and uh, ways of using technology that maybe align with the business models you have today and then iterate and evolve. Um, and part of, I think, the value of our platform is it provides an environment for companies to do that. And the best companies that we work with, the best customers we work with, I'd say, are definitely on that journey of sort of iterative improvement and change over time. The other thing I'd, I'd recommend and, and maybe a, some advice uh, that I've given over time is to really think about what's in this change for uh, you know, the majority of your workforce, potentially, the deskless worker. How can you take them, them on this journey and say, look at uh, perhaps some of the concerns of 
you know, more technology or greater levels of intrusion, uh, perhaps a, uh, in some cases maybe a degradation of autonomy, whatever that might be, and try and uh, communicate with them and understand those concerns so that you can implement technology and go through a change management cycle that um, enhances their work and doesn't uh, maybe detract from the way that they work and what they're um, looking for out of work as it relates to success. So um, engaging with them, involving them in that journey and really understanding what's in it for them and leaning into that uh, as you go through this process is, is important. Love the fact that we think about it. It's a it's a life cycle. It's an evolution. It does require uh, actual input from the people that are going to use it, which is something I know that we've had struggles with in the past. But I'm glad to see that we're working through that now. I'd like to wrap up with a bonus question. I usually ask individuals if there's a book, an activity, a podcast, or a place that the audience should know about. Do you have any recommendations for our listeners? I, uh, that's a great question. Um, I'm sure a lot of people answer this with really smart, uh, maybe business-oriented or, or uh, <laughs> uh, uh, productivity-oriented uh, answers. I'm, I, I won't do that. I think maybe the, the, a podcast that I came across recently, I was recommended by a friend that I just actually love listening to uh, outside of work to maybe uh, – uh, either form as a distraction or just pure entertainment. But there's a great podcast called Smartless. I don't know if you you know it. It's um, Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, Smartless. Yeah. Okay. So these three actors and comedians, uh, Will Arnett, Jason Bateman, and, and Sean Hayes, are hilarious. And they, I, I don't know how they do it, but their pool, the guest pool, is ridiculous. They they talk to so many excellent guests, and it's a lot of fun, a lot of banter. So I appreciate That's wonderful sarcasm, and it's a good way to switch off for me. I think that'll be totally fun. Good. I'm looking forward to that. I'm always looking forward to good podcast recommendation. Well, Matt, thank you so much for your time. And if people want to follow you on social, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me uh, both. I'm uh, probably mostly active on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as well, at Matt Fairhurst. And uh, of course, you can follow Scheduler as well if you're interested in uh, what we're building and the Desus Productivity Cloud and uh, the future for Desus work. I'll put all the links in the show notes. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please visit reimaginehybridwork.com to subscribe to the show and the newsletter. Until next time, wishing you all of the best in everything in life and in technology.